Well, um, today and in the next week or two, next Sunday or two, I'm going to be talking to you about a subject which I believe is very relevant to the time and season we are living in. It's a time and season where economies of nations have taken a tumble uh, because of the pandemic and people losing jobs and firms closing down and all these kind of things and governments having to shut down a lot of businesses such as restaurants and airlines not functioning and all of these and tourism taking a tumble and in south africa we haven't been able to escape any of this like most other nations in our country the general rate of unemployment is in the upper 30s right now, really bad. That's really bad. Food prices are soaring, petrol costs are rising sharply, which means that everything, when the petrol price goes up, everything goes up because of transport costs and all of that. And all of this has placed a lot of pressure on people's finances, and in general, many, many, many people are struggling to make ends meet. But how many of you are sick and tired of not having sufficient finances to do everything that you want to do? I'm one of them. I don't want to be running out and struggling to make ends meet. Amen. And yet one of the names of God, the God we serve, is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. He is the one who created the universe. He owns all of it. In every galaxy, and there are billions of them, there are four, five hundred billion stars in one galaxy. And there are billions of galaxies that we can see from the Earth with the, powerful, the most powerful telescopes that man has invented. So we understand that God is not a God who lacks anything. Even in times of general lack, God's principles for prosperity remain constant. He says in the book of Malachi, I am the Lord. I do not change. He doesn't change because the pandemic has hit the world. He doesn't change because <clears throat> I don't have a job at the moment. He doesn't change because I lack finances. In the natural. Amen. Even in times of lack, God's principles for prosperity remain constant. Amen. So today I, I'm going to talk to you this morning about breaking the bondage of poverty and releasing prosperity in your life. Breaking the bondage of poverty and releasing prosperity in your life. 
Now, this message has two sections to it. This is why I said this could go over two or three weeks. And the first part is, has to do with breaking the bondage of poverty, and we're going to be talking about this today. And the second part is dealing with how to release prosperity in your life. And if possible, I want to encourage you to watch this whole series because there is, in all the years that I've been serving the Lord, this is a time and a season like we have never seen before. It really is a time and a season where people need to understand how to walk in the blessings of God financially. Because in the natural, the odds are not good. But you know what? We serve the God of the supernatural. And we're going to see that as we go down these talks. Amen. I'm believing God to release an impartation of understanding in all of us that will take us to another level of victory in terms of releasing wealth in our lives. Amen. How many of you want this? I don't know one person who wants to be poor. But you know what? Sometimes, because we don't understand the biblical principles of prosperity, we don't know how to break out of poverty and lack and all of these things. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 18, Jesus said this. He said, assuredly, I say to you. You know that word, assuredly, means for sure, without any doubt whatsoever, for sure. I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want you, as we go through this series, to bear that scripture in mind. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. So people of God, we need to understand that God's plan has always been for man to be blessed and prosperous. God has never had any other plan for us. He never intended poverty to be the portion of his children. Never, ever. My definition of poverty is simply this. It's not having enough. Simple definition. Other people think that poverty is when you don't, haven't eaten for a week or whatever their thinking is. But poverty is when you don't have enough. That means you lack. Amen. Now we need to understand that God's plan has always been for us to have abundance. This is what Jesus said. I've come that you may have life and have life more abundantly. So there is a progression. So what Jesus is saying, you should be prospering progressively more and more. That's why I'm there. So obviously, he's got a plan. He's got a reason why he says that. And we're going to see that down the road. Let me ask you this question. 
How many of you could do with more finances? I could, to be quite honest. There's so much more I'd like to do if I had more finances. But I would love to do that. Love to be able to do these things. I'm not talking about being greedy and not being satisfied with abundance. We've seen in our nation what greed does. People who have billions want more billions. You'd think, if you've got one billion, well, you should be rejoicing. Amen? But greedy people think that's not enough. We need more. We need another billion. We need another 10 billion. And they'll go to incredible lengths to try and get their hands on this money. So I'm not talking about greed. I'm not talking about never being satisfied with the fullness that you have. But I'm talking about genuinely needing more finances in order to walk in financial freedom. I want to explain something to you about the Garden of Eden and its abundance. You see, when God created the Garden of Eden, his intention was to create on earth a small replica, quote-unquote, of heaven. He wanted man created in his image to get a glimpse of what heaven is like. So he created this magnificent garden, which we read about in the book of Genesis, called the Garden of Eden. And in there he put beautiful things. I don't believe we had hauting weather in the Garden of Eden. Amen. I can hear you from here. Most of you are saying, Amen, Pastor Michel. The temperature was perfect. 24-7. Moderate. Nice. Trees in abundance. All kinds of things. Beautiful animals. Lions that were tame. Elephants that wouldn't eat you up and whatever. I don't think elephants eat humans, but you know what I mean. God made the Garden of Eden a beautiful place, a place of abundance. Why did he do that? Why did God create such a place? And then he took his prized creation, man, put him in there. I can tell you why he did that. God was making a statement for future generations. This is the statement. My children are created in my image and I want them blessed just like I am. This is a statement God wanted, was making. My children are created in my image and I want them to be blessed just like I am. Do you know that this has been the heart of God from day one? From day one. You see, poverty came with the advent of sin in the world when sin activated the law of a curse. 
And that law began to operate in the earth. Sin does that. Sin is destructive. There's nothing constructive about sin. It releases a law which is opposite to what God really wants for his people. I want to read to you from the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. Then to Adam, God said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. I want you to notice something about this verse, verse 17. God did not say, I'm not going to curse you. No. He said, cursed is the ground. You see, God never cursed man. He never did. But curse was operating now in the earth. Verse 18. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of a field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. You see, can you see the heart of God? He never cursed man, despite the fact that he disobeyed him, he turned his back on him, he did exactly what God didn't want him to do, and he listened to the voice of God's arch enemy. God never cursed him. Doesn't that give you a message? God never cursed him. But he cursed, he allowed the curse to begin to operate in the ground. So poverty and deprivation was never God's idea and it never will. It will never be his idea. These things come from the curse and not the blessing. You know, there are denominations that say that if you are rich, you will end up in hell. Let me tell you. Bible says it's not the rich that end up in hell. Yes, it says in the Bible that it's more difficult sometimes for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Of course, but riches is what God is. God is the richest, richest entity you could ever have. Why would he want his children to walk in poverty? Never, 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 never. I break that curse over our lives in Jesus' name. God wants us to reflect his glory, to be like him, and to have abundance. Amen. And so poverty and deprivation come from the curse. They're not blessings. Whenever God made a covenant with his people in the Bible, he always promised the blessing, never the curse. Never the curse. He promised to bless those as you read scripture, you start through the Old Testament, come into the New Testament. He promised to bless those who would walk in obedience to him. Why? Because the word of God is there to teach us how to appropriate the blessing. That's basically what it is all about. Let me read to you from Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 to 8. It says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, 
which I command you today, that the Lord God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country. And it goes on from verse 4 to declare different aspects of blessing that come upon us. You see, God promised the children of Israel the blessing. The land of milk and honey. Not the curse, not a land of depravity and of lack. A land of milk and honey. That's what God had in plan for Israel, for his people. In the same uh, book, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 6 to 10, it says this. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. I want you to know the Lord your God is bringing you today into a good land. Because you're his child. He loves you. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and of springs that flow out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. In which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones or iron, and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. You see, this was a declaration in the book of Deuteronomy, and I know this was in the midst of a law. And a lot of people see the law as something, and I understand there is a side to the law, which is not desirable. But you know what? Even through the law, God's heart has always been to bless his people. It's always been to bring them to a place of abundance. It's always been God's never changed. I am the, the same. I do not change, says the Lord. He's never changed his mind. And he says, I'm giving you the law, but it's there because if you obey it, you know, God has tried so many things. And eventually, in a sense, that was a lost resort. But his heart was to cause his people to be blessed, to walk in abundance, not to have poverty. That was always his heart. Amen. Because we are born in sin and we inherit the sinful nature, we are all born into the curse. But you will remember that Jesus took the curse upon him when he went to the cross. You could say, but Pastor Michel, that curse is with us all the time. No, it's not. Not if you're a child of God. That curse has been broken on your life. It's no longer your portion. Even the curse of the early days. You know, I'm reminded as I'm preaching this message. Oh, faith like potatoes. I hope most of you have seen this DVD. Where this man of God, Angus Buchan, was a farmer. And there was a drought in KwaZulu-Natal. And God told him, go and plant potatoes. There was no rain. But the ground had become dry as the Sahara Desert. And he spoke to fellow farmers around and they all mocked him. But he felt in his spirit, God said, go and plant potatoes now. And he went and he did. 
Everybody came and looked at him and thought, oh, this man, Angus, poor Angus, he's lost his marbles. Well, you know what? When harvest time came, he reaped a bumper crop. All the farmers around couldn't believe their eyes. You see, because God makes water in the desert. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you are doing. If you're a child of God, you are destined to grow in prosperity and blessing. You are destined to walk in the blessings of God every single day of your life. Despite the pandemic, despite what's going on in the world, despite the rate of unemployment, God has declared that you are blessed. And I want to tell you this morning that you are a blessed person. You want, I want you to say this with me. Say, I am blessed because I am a child of God. Poverty is not my portion. Lack is not my portion. I am not cursed. I am blessed because Jesus took every curse of my life. And now my portion is the blessing. Amen. You need to believe that, people of God, because that's how you activate that truth. You've got to believe it. You've got to speak it. You've got to declare it. So Jesus took the curse upon himself when he went to the cross. In fact, he became the curse so that the blessing of Abraham, that God promised Abraham, may come upon the Gentiles as well. So the, the blessing is not just for the Jewish people. It's also for you and for me. Galatians 3, verses 13 to 14 says this, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that upon the Gentiles might come the blessings of Abraham in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That we might receive a promise of a spirit through faith. I want to say this to you. I'm going to stop here today and then we're going to continue next week. I want to say this to you. To you. When Jesus went to the cross, he took every curse that was released upon the earth because of sin. He took these curses upon himself at the cross. Now he says to you and to me, if you're a child of God, he says this to you. I have taken that curse upon myself and now you no longer have to live your life according to the curse. He makes this promise to you and I today as the children of God. John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus clearly said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And I'll release that over you today. I release that. If you're a child of God, you receive Jesus in your life and you're born again into his kingdom. I declare that Jesus has come, that you may have life and have it more abundantly. No more poverty, no more lack, but life in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.